0: Welcome to Lifebuoy Church here in San Gabriel. And uh, it is great to be together and it's great to think about you know milestones. Uh, uh, Marty, uh, Reese, and myself just came back uh, from a conference uh, with delegates from all uh, around the Western Hemisphere, with the churches uh, that we have around the Western Hemisphere. And we were in a, a third world city, very, very third world, obviously, Uh, with a lot of financial needs, uh, uh, also a dangerous place and it it just made me think about how incredible incredible it is that the gospel really is going around the world and that wherever we go whether it be a place that is like uh, our place here or that is completely different uh, not only uh, in uh, linguistically but also culturally, also uh, uh, financially, uh, third, uh, second world. Uh, it's it's great that that God's word is going around the world, amen. And so today we do want to welcome you. If you are uh, uh, married with kids, we want to welcome you. Married without kids, we want to welcome you. We're single, we're going to want to welcome you. If you're a college student, we want to welcome you this morning. If you are a teen, we want to welcome you. And if you're in the All Star Ministry, we want to welcome you. Hope you have a great great service with us today, amen. Uh, when you think about milestones, you know, uh, yesterday I uh, was 25 years, it uh, was my 25th anniversary of my baptism or when I decided to follow Jesus for 25 years and uh, I know a lot of us so know Marty, uh, Marty uh, serves as an elder here for uh, Lifeway Church both here at Glendale, uh, Glendale and here in St. Gabriel uh, and uh, Marty is very soon going to be 60 years old, that's a milestone isn't it? I mean those are milestones. So. Uh, but, you know, when you look at and you think about your life and you think about your journey. Uh, it's quite a journey. Whatever age you are, whether you're very young, you're just starting your, your journey, or you're, uh, you're a young teen, or you're already your a college student, or uh, some of us that already have a little bit longer uh, road along the way. It's a journey. And we've all been here in this moment where we've been overwhelmed. Uh, have you ever been there? When you're overwhelmed, how about when you felt like you can't take it anymore? Like you're so overwhelmed that you can't take it anymore, that you can't, you know, you can't stand it anymore. Just, you know, a, a lot of stuff going on. It could be, uh, you know, life circumstances. It could be personal challenges. It could be relationship difficulties. It could be family tragedies, financial troubles, uh, past traumas. Or even a faith crisis or faith crises that you could be going through. Uh, you know, when we're going through this kind of stuff, how do we feel? We feel panicked. So some of us we feel a lot of panic, right? Worry in our lives. We we can feel suffocated. We can feel like, man, I can't breathe. I feel like there's a lump in my throat. I feel suffocated. We can also uh, feel hopeless, like there's no way out. There's nothing left for me. Or we can be, feel fearful. And when we're going through things like this or dealing with these type of situations, uh, we all cope differently, don't we? Yep. Um, we have different coping strategies. And maybe uh, your coping strategy is just hysteria. <laughs> you know? You are you're, you're, you're facing a difficult situation, you're like, ah you're just hysteric, you know? And it works for you, you know. And some of these coping strategies, part of them are not that good, but part of them actually, you know, good. It actually helps you out. And so, Maybe you get hysterical and that could be a coping strategy. For some of us, our coping strategy is avoidance. Yeah. I'm just going to avoid the situation, you know, I'm going to distract myself and anything else that I can be in, just to not deal with this, right, yeah. and it could be avoidance. So some of us, it could be numbness. We just kind of get that glazed look in our face, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you're just kind of numb, I mean, you're just, you know, stuff is going on. and you're sort of like shell-shocked. You know, your bombs have been going all around and your life all over the place and you're just like, your ears are ringing, you're just numb, you're shell-shocked, and you are uh, numb. You know, for some of us, we put up that strong front, right? We're going through difficult times and we're like, all right, you know, it's time for me to just suck it up, right? It's time for me to be tough. It's time for me to be strong, you know? And you're, like, you're dealing with it, you're going, and you're coping with it, and yeah, you're being strong, but it's just a coping mechanism. But we still have the issue going on in our lives. So we're, today we're going to look at a circumstance in the life of Jesus in, in the book of Mark. So if you could turn with me to the book of Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. All right. And this is just a day in the life of Jesus and his uh, primary followers, his apostles, his disciples. And uh, what's going on here is Jesus has been healing, has been teaching. And he decides, you know what, uh, we need to go away from the crowds. Uh, we need to get some rest. We need to get some R and R. There's just been a lot going on. Sometimes we need that. Amen. Even Jesus needed that. And so they decided to get on a boat in the Sea of Galilee and travel to the other side of the uh, of the lake or the sea, uh, where there were you know very not not, not larger population areas, very small little uh, villages and towns. So a place where they could rest. They decided to go off to this place. And here we have a story about uh, their trip. Okay, Mark chapter 4 verse 35 and, uh, and following says that day when evening came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side leaving the crowd behind they took him along just as he was in the boat there were also other boats with him a furious squall came up can we just go to the main mic can we just go to the main mic I don't like that little bumping sound you, you probably don't like it here There you go. Alright. It says, uh, A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciple woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet! Be still! Then the wind died down. And it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, "Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?" They were terrified and asked each other, "Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him." Amazing situation, right? The storm before the calm. That's what we have in this situation. We know a lot of time we hear about the. The, the, the calm before the storm. This was the storm before Jesus said, Be quiet and be still. And then everything was calm. And it's an interesting situation de- detailed in all three of the synoptic gospels. So this is this obviously a big deal situation. It was something that when all the gospel writers were remembering what they had experienced with Jesus, this was something they wanted to make sure they wrote down. In the book of Matthew, and the book of Luke, and here in the book... And you ask yourself, well, you know, they were in this boat. What did a boat uh, in the first century in Galilee look like? Well, amazingly, in the 1980s, late 1980s, if you know a little bit about the lake there, sometimes it has receded in, in in it's water level. And so one of the times it receded its water level in the late 1980s, they actually found a boat that is from that time. And they call it the Jesus boat. Right? Or, the, or the boat from Galilee. And so here you have a little bit about uh, that boat right there. It was discovered in January of 1986. And you kind of have a little bit of an idea what a boat looked like. It basically had a capacity for about 15 people, a crew of about 5 people. Uh, and uh, it, it was a pretty nice boat. You know, sometimes we, we look back and we think, oh, the boats must have been really rickety. Uh, this was actually a pretty, pretty nice boat. It was a pretty good size, well built Boat uh, that you had there uh, in, the, uh, 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 in the time of Jesus. And so this is the actual boat that they found that is now in Palestine or the northern part of Israel and is on display there uh, in a museum. And so you know you know a little bit about the types of boats that were there uh, at that time. Uh, you know, another thing about the Sea of Galilee is the Sea of Galilee is a large body of water. If you know a little bit about... You have oceans, right? Uh, you have lakes. In between there are large-sized lakes, uh, inland seas. These are called seas because they're so large. They're so big. So this is not just a small podunk little lake. It's, it's a sea. It's the Sea of Galilee. And the uh, interesting thing about the Sea of Galilee is it's 696 feet below sea level. So it's actually really, really low down if, if everything just happened to flood in there I mean it would just get totally flooded from the ocean's end so it's it's, it's really low below sea level and uh, so because of that it's it's really susceptible to violent downdrafts and to sudden storms so this idea that there's a sudden storm a storm just came about was something that was very endemic there in the Sea of Galilee, just because of Of the size of the lake or the sea, and the fact that it was so far below sea level. Amen? You know, and and we think about this this incredible situation here. And it's very interesting that, in this tidbit with with the different gospel writers, that we have Matthew, and of course we have Luke, the doctor Luke, who later on recounted uh, what the apostles had gone through, and Mark. Mark, uh, the uh, Gospel of Mark, uh, an interesting uh, fact is the fact that it actually could be better known as the Gospel of Peter. Uh, This is actually Peter recounting his experience with Jesus, and Mark was the one that was writing it all down. Okay, so it was the Gospel of Mark, but really it could be better uh, titled the Gospel of Peter. And interestingly, Peter is the only one that mentions where Jesus was sleeping... And that he was sleeping on a cushion. I don't know why Peter noticed that, but he's like, yeah, I remember he was right there and he, he was kind of on a nice pillow. You know, Everyone else just said, you know, Jesus was sleeping. But he was very specific. He was on, in the stern, sleeping in the stern, on top of a cushion. Now, where in the boat is the stern? Can anyone tell me? Is it the front or the back? The very back. The bow is the front, right? And the back is the is, is stern. And so Jesus was in the back, sleeping. Right? And if you know there have been storms, what's the part that kind of goes up and uh, uh, down the most? The bow. The front, right? And so, and where do you go to see what's going on if something's happening? The front. And so you can imagine, the storm comes up, the guys go to the front, it's going up and down, up and down, and they all look back, and there's Jesus on the stern of the boat, on top of a cushion, (laughs) napping. And they are freaking out. You know, in our lives, uh, we can feel like this. We can feel completely overwhelmed. We can feel like we can't take it anymore. Whether it be our life circumstances, our personal challenges, our relationship difficulties, family tragedies, financial troubles, past traumas. Even faith crises. And uh, you know, the longer you are in this journey, the longer you're going to have to face these kinds of things in our lives. Some of us have faced some, some have faced all. And we can feel like this. We can feel like these guys did. We can feel panicked, suffocated, hopeless, and fearful in these situations. And just like them, we can completely miss, miss something very important. And we can miss the fact that Jesus is right there in the boat with us. We're going through these difficult times. But we miss the fact that Jesus is right there with us along the way. You know, look at this passage and it says that a furious squall came up. So this, this was a, a major storm that came up. And it says that they were nearly swamped. And then they ask, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't we feel like that sometimes? We're going through stuff and we're like, God, don't you care? Jesus, don't you care? Am I not important? Is this not important to you? Look what I'm going through. And we can feel like that, right? Maybe God has forgotten about us. Maybe God has put us off to the side. Maybe other people are more important to God than we are. Or we start even doubting God and, God and His existence and His power. And we see this uh, incredible dichotomy and situation. So Jesus, He got up, rebukes the wind, quiet, be still. It so says, Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. See, when Jesus. Works in our lives. That's the result. It's a peace that passes understanding. It's a complete calm. And then he asks his disciples, "Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith?" And so Jesus, what he does really in this situation is that he basically brings forth two reactions in our times of crisis and trouble: is either we can be faithful or we can be fearful. You know, real faith is really seen in our difficult times, isn't it? Real faith is really seen when we're going through tough stuff. When stuff is going great, it's easy to be faithful, isn't it? It's easy to be strong. You know, stuff is going good for you. You're walking in. You've got to strut in your step. You're thinking, man, this is great. This is awesome. Life is good. I just got a new job. I just bought a new car. You know, stuff is happening for me. It's easy to be faithful then. And to wonder what's wrong with everybody else. You know, why are, why are they not faithful? Why are they not strong? Why can't they be like me? You know, it reminds me of the times that, uh, that I've gotten sick uh, in my marriage. Uh, you, know, you know, not sick because of my marriage. Actually, it has helped me. But uh, I've been ill. You know, and it's interesting because Griselda, you know, when she gets ill, she's tough. She's tough. I mean, uh, and typically, I'm, I think I'm the tough guy. You know, I'm the husband. You know, I'm pretty tough. And, and, and she gets ill, and, and uh, she's not complaining. I mean, she's still doing stuff, taking care of the kids, moving the kids around, doing stuff. And, and uh, I get sick, and the world stops. I mean, everything just like, oh, I can't do anything. And, and she's like super sensitive with me. You know, like, oh, you know, hope you feel better, and everything like that. And just super wimpy. Right? But you think about that and you think about how we react in times of trouble. Hey, when stuff is going good, it's easy. But when stuff is going wrong, have you ever been in a situation where it seems like everything's going wrong? Now, raise your hand if you've ever been there. Okay, keep your hand up. Everyone, look around. You're not the only one. Amen? Amen. Yeah, you know, I've been there like, one thing after another, after another. You think, okay, this must be it. I mean, this is already... It, it's gotten to the point where the next thing happens, you just laugh. You're like, I mean, what else are you going to do? You know I mean? Jeez, everything's going wrong. But Jesus, you know, He compares, you know, are you fearful or are you faithful? Hebrews 11 uh, verse 1 says the following about faith. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And a better way to put that is this. is faith is my confidence that God is who He says He is and that He will do what He has promised. Faith is my confidence that God is who He says He is. And He will do what He has promised to do. You know, I know I'm going through this stuff. I know stuff has happened in my life. But I know God. And I know who He is. And I know what He said and promised. And I know He keeps His promise. And I know He's going to do it. And so, I'm going to believe in spite of the situation, in spite of what's going on, I'm going to believe and I'm going to trust God. You know, when I think about faith and its definition, another scripture that comes to my mind that actually, you know, I think even says more is in Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. And this passage is talking about Abraham being the father of the faith and and just his great example of faith in his life. It's a great chapter. I encourage you to read it. But in there, here, in verse 18 of chapter 4, it says the following about him. It says, Against all hope. I mean, I love that. Against all hope. Abraham, in hope, believed. And so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him... So shall your offspring be. In other words, if we are the children of Abraham, we're going to be the children of this type of faith that against all hope, we still hope. Have you ever been there, like there's no hope against all hope? That's where real faith is seen. Because in the midst of that, in that moment, we decide, I'm going to hope, I'm going to believe. You know, and maybe at that, t- at that moment, it's just, I'm just going to take a step forward. I'm just going to keep moving. You know, sometimes in our, in our faith, we're cranking, we're doing great, we're moving along. Sometimes we're just, I just want to keep going. I just want to keep moving. And that's okay. That's not a bad thing. You know, there are seasons in life. There are times when, hey, we're doing awesome. There are times where we just, like Marty was saying today, I'm just not going to quit. You know, I'm just not gonna quit, yeah. and that's a victory. Hey, man, yeah. I made it. But it's all about our faith, and so I I I, uh, I rephrased it in this manner: faith is reaching through the darkness to grab hold of the light. Faith is reaching through the darkness. Sometimes you know our life is surrounded by darkness. There's all kinds of stuff going on, and you're thinking, man, you know what's gonna happen? Do I panic? Do I act strong? You know, do I get numb? Do I just ignore it? What do I do? But in that moment, you just decide, you know what? In the darkness, I'm just going to reach out and then grab on to faith. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what faith is. It's reaching through the darkness to grab hold of the light. You know, it's important when we look at this passage. Not just what Jesus said but what Jesus did not say. He says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to His disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. Now this time they were more terrified at Jesus than at the storm. (laughs) And asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey Him. You know, Notice what Jesus did not say. Jesus didn't say the following. Don't be afraid, for, there, for there's nothing to fear. He didn't say that. Don't be scared. You shouldn't be scared. There's nothing you should be scared of. It's scary. No, this is what He... In essence says, he says, you don't have to be afraid even when there's something to fear. Even when there's something to fear, you don't have to be afraid. You can be, but you don't have to. Because God, Jesus, is with us. Now when we think about this situation... And we think about the disciples. You know, they did the right thing, didn't they? they? They went to Jesus. And I know we can get a little mad. Like, well, they should have just toughed it out, you know. Amen. They went to Jesus. But Jesus also revealed to them a reality in their hearts. And uh, what was obvious for the disciples at that time is that the storm took precedence in their hearts. And let me ask you this question. Are you more distressed by the storms around you than impressed by the fact that Jesus is with you? Are you more distressed by the storms around you than impressed by the fact that Jesus is with you? See, when you think about the situation, you have this incredible storm, you have the bow rocking. you have the waves coming over. And the boat almost seemed like it could possibly sink. It was all that the disciples could notice. All they could notice was the storm, was everything going wrong around them. But you know what? They stopped noticing. Is Jesus was right there in the boat with them. You know, when you and I are going through difficult times, we're going to be tempted to take our eyes off of Jesus. We're going to be tempted to be focused on everything that's going on, on all the troubles that are happening in our lives. And Jesus is saying right there, Hey, I'm here! I'm right here! Yeah, I might be napping on top of a cushion. Why don't you just come take a nap with me? Relax, chill out, it's going to be Okay. But we're so distracted by everything going on around us that we forget the fact that Jesus is right there. Wherever you are in your journey, Jesus is right there. If you're just learning about God, you're just learning about the Bible, because a lot of of us get weird and we think, well, Jesus is not with me because I haven't done this, I haven't done that. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says, even though He's not far away from many of us. So at any moment, at any time, you decide to turn to Jesus, turn your life over to Jesus, That answer is right there. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to face it alone. You don't have to respond in fear. You have the opportunity for faith in your life. You know, when I think about my life, and I think about all, as a young 20 year old, already, all the storms that were going on in my life. There were storms in my parents. You know, our our family was was a family that had a lot of difficult situations. My dad, to this day, is an alcoholic. And and there was just just some tough situations. I was the oldest son in the family. So when you're the oldest son, I had to be the guy that put up that strong front. All the time. When there was like chaos going on in my home, I had to be the one that was like, you know i got to be strong because my little brother my little sister, I want them to look at me and be strong. Because if they look at me and see me fearful, then they're going to be fearful as well, even though they were freaking out. But, you know, let me be the one that's strong. And so that messed me up, right? And when you think about life and all sin and the sin that we fall into and the things that we do, the bad choices that we make, already as a 20-year-old, I mean, my life was full of storms, even though outside it looked like everything was cool. And at that moment to have the opportunity to turn my life and to look at Jesus. And Jesus said to my life, Quiet, be still. That's a lesson that to this day I take with me. 25 years after I became a Christian. At that moment when I decided to repent, to be baptized, 11 o'clock at night, I don't even know who was there. There were maybe like 5, 6 people there. All I know is I was there and the person that was going to baptize me was there. And and that moment coming out of the water was Jesus telling me, Quiet, be still. And throughout these, these 25 years, He's telling me, Quiet, be still. I will be exalted among the nations. You know, Jesus is telling that to us today. At any moment that we find ourselves... And so I want you to ask yourself this question. This week. This week, maybe today is a good day. Maybe today you're not going through much big stuff. But this week might be different. You know, you're a college student, you might get your midterm back. And you're like, wait, I thought I did awesome. But I did it. What am I going to do now? That happened to me. Maybe you get some bad news in your family. Maybe you get some bad news in your health. Or something happens. Life happens. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I going to be more distressed by the storms in my life? Or am I going to be impressed by the fact that Jesus is right here with me? Amen? Because when you do that, the storm comes. But through Jesus, then comes a calm The storm before the calm. Who is this? Even the waves and the wind obey Him. It's Jesus, the Son of God. God in the flesh. Amen? May God bless the rest of your day.